What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 20 deadline. So I'm going to go through the little bit of press conference information that I thought was useful ahead of the deadline. And then I'm going to go into a bunch of your questions as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And let's get into it. So Pep Guardiola held his press conference today and confirmed that De Bruyne, Haaland, Doku and John Stones are all out of the Sheffield United game on Saturday in game week 20 which means that Julian Alvarez will almost certainly start that game as the number nine, which we pretty much already knew. But it's nice to have it confirmed that none of those players are in the squad. Now, whether you should buy uh, Alvarez really depends on a few different factors. If you've only got one transfer, then I'd be tempted to roll it. But if you're in a similar position to me where you've got two and not much else to do, you could definitely consider him. I guess the thing to discuss are kind of the best and worst case scenario. So worst case scenario is he starts against Sheffield United at home, a great fixture on paper. Yes, Sheffield United have shown some signs of improvement under Chris Wilder, but I don't think anyone's worried about that fixture if you own Man City players, right? You're expecting plenty of goals in that game. And then Haaland and De Bruyne are both fully fit for game week 21, and Alvarez gets benched for the first game this season. That's the worst case scenario. But if you've got two free transfers and not much else to do, you could just deal with that in game week 21. I think for my team, when I've looked at future game weeks, the thing that I might end up having to do in game week 21 is take a four-point hit. But for that hit, I'd be getting Haaland and dealing with Salah and Son all in one go. So it's really not the end of the world. Best case scenario, you get him for Sheffield United at home. By game week 21, one of De Bruyne or Haaland isn't back yet. And so he starts against Newcastle away. And then potentially by game week 22, Burnley at home, if one of those players still isn't fit, he should start that game as well. And having Sheffield United and Burnley at home in the next three game weeks is pretty decent. So I think I'm coming around to buying him this week. And the main reason is I think the potential upside outweighs any potential downside. The only thing to say is we've just come from a or come through a period where there's lots of games in quick succession. The complete opposite is about to happen. So the Sheffield United game is on the 30th of December. Newcastle away in game week 21 is the 13th of January. And then Burnley at home in game week 22 isn't until the 31st of January. So there's a lot of time in between games for players to get fit. But still, we don't know exactly what's happening with Haaland. When will he be back in full team training? We're not really sure with De Bruyne either. And De Bruyne has only played 22 minutes this season. I'm not sure he can just come back and play 90 minutes every single game anyway. And I guess there is the possibility, like we all assume that when Haaland and De Bruyne are fully fit, Alvarez just doesn't see any starts at all. But I guess it is possible that all three of those players could play in the same start and 11. I think Alvarez's minutes would definitely go down when those two players are fit. But it's not completely out of the question that he could still start. And let's not forget, he's played every single game this season, obviously because De Bruyne has been out and now Haaland. But he is quite important to Pep Guardiola. So. I just think he's a good short-term punt. But if I had this same team, let me just quickly show you my team now. If I had this same team for game week nine, uh, 20, sorry, and only one transfer, I would definitely roll because although I think Alvarez is better than Darwin this week, it's not so much better that I would want to use a transfer. And if Harlem was back by 21, I just wouldn't get Alvarez anyway. So we shouldn't start talking about him like he's absolutely essential because I don't think that's the case. But as a short-term punt, I think he is excellent. So for Aston Villa, I saw this tweet from Jacob Tanswell, who's a journalist that covers Aston Villa for The Athletic. 
And it says that Luca Dean faces up to a month out after suffering a hamstring injury at Old Trafford, while Pau Torres is still not 100% and unlikely to start against Burnley. So anyone that carried Pau Torres through, he might start against Burnley at home, but he is a doubt. And I guess if he's not 100%, they're not going to risk him, not when they can play uh, kind of Konza, Carlos and Lengley with obviously Moreno on the left if Luca Dean is out. So if I had Pau Torres in a spare transfer, I'd probably look to sell him to someone else. Who that is really depends on how much money you've got to spend. But if you want to stick to an Aston Villa player, then I would definitely get um, Konza at this point. You could potentially get Moreno, but I think down the line, he then becomes a bit of an issue once Luca Dean is back. It might be that Moreno builds up his fitness so much and plays so well that Luca Dean just faces a spell on the bench either way. But I just don't know if I would want to take that risk. But if you want to go for a more exciting differential, Moreno is definitely the one. With that month out for Luca Dean, because of the gap in matches in January, it's not actually that many game weeks. So it'll be game week 20, 30th of December, 21, which is the 14th of January, and then 22, which is the 30th of January. The only thing to note, which I didn't realize until I just looked there, game week 23 is a, um, sorry, game week 22 is a midweek game week. So Tuesday, the 30th of January. Then they play on Saturday, the 3rd of February. So there is a bit of a quick turnaround as well there. And if Luca Dean is out for a month, that might mean he also misses game week 23 as well. Because these things, these things can sometimes be a little bit worse than you expect. Sometimes they can be better as well. But I think Moreno was a short three to four game week punt with the fixtures that Aston Villa have got look pretty good. And like I said, if you've got Pau Torres, bit of a doubt, probably worth dealing with at this point. So I know a few people were looking for an update on Huang after he went off at halftime against Brentford. And I saw this tweet about Wolves team news from Nathan. And I think the second name is pronounced Judder. I will apologize in case I've got that wrong because he does follow me on Twitter. I'm not sure if you're watching the videos, but if you are, I apologize if I've butchered um, your name. But he's a journalist that covers Wolves. So Mario Lamina has traveled back to France for personal matters, not ruled out fully, but very doubtful. That obviously wouldn't help Wolves overall, but from an FPL point of view, uh, not really someone that you'd be looking to put in your team anyway. The good news is that Huang is fully fit and he's going to travel to the Asia Cup after the Everton game. So if you've got Huang and you've only got like one free transfer and you didn't really want to have to deal with him this week, great news. You just play him against Everton, which isn't the easiest fixture given how Everton have played. But Wolves at home for a player that scored 10 goals and two assists this year, I think you just hold on to him. Hope he gets you one more return before obviously he goes away on international duty. And then Craig Dawson is fully fit, and so is um, Triore. Or Triore's trained as well. But from an FPL point of view, Wang is the biggest kind of own, or the highest owned player in FPL um, that people are worried about. He's fit, and you can definitely start him this week if you need to. All right, let's get into some of your questions. So is Eschepinian as essential now as he was at the start of the season? Now, I don't think he's essential, but with the fixtures that Brighton have got coming up, he certainly looks like he could be a great option and worth considering, especially when he only costs 4.9 million. It's worth saying that he came on at halftime against Spurs, I think because of the injury to Igor. So it might have been that they didn't actually want to play Estepinian for 45 minutes. They wanted to bring him in a little bit slower than that. Whether that will have an effect on his minutes in game week 20, I don't know. But I just don't think... I could call a player essential when they've got West Ham away. Like, does anybody expect Brighton to keep a clean sheet in that game? Probably not. And of course, he could get attacking returns as he showed against Spurs. And that's great. That's one of the reasons we picked him originally. But as I mentioned with Poro, I think on the wildcard video, you do want those clean sheets to go along with the attacking returns. So I don't think 
you necessarily need him in game week 20. And that game's on the 2nd of January. Their game in game week 21 isn't until the 22nd of January. So that's a long time for Estrepinian to continue to build up that fitness. So that's when I'd probably be looking at him. I think from then, the fixtures are great for Brighton. Wolves at home, Luton away, Palace at home. Spurs away in 24, a bit trickier. Then it's Sheffield United away, Everton at home, Fulham away, Forest at home. If you put Estrepinian in your team either this week or next week, next game week, of course, you're probably just playing him pretty much every single week, apart from maybe against Spurs. But even then, if you had to play him that week, you wouldn't be worried. And I think for 4.9 million, he is definitely a decent option. And at the end of the day, I've got Poro in my team. I'm not expecting many clean sheets from him, but you've got that attacking potential there. So I guess Estupinian is a similar um, kind of player. I didn't mention him in my team selection video earlier. And the reason for that is... I feel like if I don't get him this week, there's just not really a window to bring him uh, bring him in anytime soon. Because Trent, I'm just not going to sell until I need the money. He's just an obvious player to keep. I think Arsenal defenders much more likely to get you a clean sheet than Brighton. So even though their attacking potential isn't as high, they've definitely got more chance of getting a clean sheet. And their fixtures are pretty good as well. And I see Poro as kind of a similar player to Estupinian. And so by bringing him in this week for West Ham away, I think that makes my team overall a little bit worse. And I don't want to sell Charlie Taylor, even though I've got the money, uh, just about, I think I've got the money to do it, because that would break my structure. So that's why I'm not bringing him in. But that doesn't mean that you can't do that. And if you've got a defender that you want to get rid of, or a spare slot or a spare transfer to use, then I really like him. I just think we're in one of those, uh, basically the next few weeks in FPL, the moves are almost going to be dictated to us. We've got to deal with Haaland. Maybe deal with African Cup of Nation and Asia Cup players as well, plus possible double game weeks. That will dictate which uh, which players we use our transfers on. And unfortunately for me, I just don't see Eshipinian coming in anytime soon. Even though when I look at those fixtures, I kind of think, how can I go without him? So I think he is a good option, definitely not essential. So FPL SWAT says, what are your thoughts on Trent captaincy? I'm at 690k and willing to punt. Now, if you've watched my videos for a while. You would have heard me say this before, and my opinion hasn't really changed. Trent with a good fixture is never a terrible captain. So if you want to go for him, you absolutely should. But when Trent's got a good fixture, so does Salah. And I'd always prefer to captain Salah over Trent. It didn't work out last week. Obviously, Trent got the clean sheet plus three bonus, and Salah blanked. But most weeks before the game actually starts, I'd always back Salah for more points. And that includes against Newcastle at home. And for this particular fixture... Yes, Newcastle haven't been playing that well. The clean sheets certainly haven't been there. But I think it's more likely that Newcastle score than don't. So I'm expecting Trent to lose his clean sheet this week. And of course, he can get attack and returns outside of that. But is that going to be enough for a captaincy versus a Salah that's playing a Newcastle defence that's got one clean sheet in the last five? So if I'm thinking about captaincy, I prefer Salah. But if you want to go a bit different... I certainly don't think that Trent is awful. Just on the rank, right, 690k, I really don't think that's anything to worry about, especially when we're only halfway through the season. There's so many more points to come, double game weeks, blank game weeks, more chips to be used, the second wild card, free hits, triple captains. I wouldn't go making a decision you wouldn't usually do. I don't think Trent is going differential for the sake of it, but if you think that Salah is much more likely to outscore him, I would just do that, right, even though it feels you know, boring because everyone else is doing that. Like if I look at my, I haven't actually checked this, but I was around 
I was around 700k in game week 10. Now, to be fair, my wild card's gone really well, but I've got lots of green arrows in a row. And if you ask anyone what my team looks like, they will tell you it's template every single week. And then my captaincy is template as well. And what have I done with that template team? I've climbed up the ranks pretty much every single week. I think at 690k, you can certainly do that before the end of the season, right? So I don't think that's an overall rank where I would, uh, would worry that much. Even if you're down like a million, 1.5, 2 million, you know, you don't have to go super differential. And obviously Salah's going away to African Cup of Nations soon. So you could captain Trent in one of those fixtures where he's not there if you wanted to. So by all means, go for it. But if you're asking me if I think Trent is better than Salah, not really, not this week. So is it time to sell Gabriel Martinelli? I think the answer at this point is probably yes, if you've got a spare transfer. I think it's actually a pretty tricky position to be in for anyone that owns him because based on the fixtures that Arsenal have and what we've seen him do in past seasons, we know there's a really good FPL option there. But this season, it just hasn't been that case at all. And I knew the returns have been bad, but I didn't realize they were quite as bad as they have been. So he's got one goal in his last five games. Now, to be fair, Saka's only got one return in his last five, which was an assist, and I've got no interest in selling him whatsoever. But actually, if you go back past game week 15 against Luton, his return before then was game week eight. He's got two goals and two assists all season, and he's barely missed any games whatsoever. And I think the concerning uh, thing for me is his underlying numbers. 0.16 expected goals per 90, 0.21 expected assists. That is pretty poor. For a player that costs, what, 7.7 million, there's much better options in and around that price. To put that into perspective, so 0.16 expected goals, 0.21 expected assists. For Anthony Gordon, it's 0.33 expected goals. So he's got double the goal threat this season than what Martinelli has. So I think it's getting to the point where it's really tricky to make a case to hold on to him. Would I do it for a hit? I just think that hit is never going to feel worth it. But at the same time, Maybe it's just one of those moves that you should get done and, you know, just be done with it, essentially. You can kind of move forward without him. I think I would lean more towards only doing it with a free transfer because Fulham away in game week 20 is not a bad fixture. Neither is Palace at home. But we saw him get substituted early enough against West Ham, 63 minutes. Same against Liverpool, 67. In fact, he's not made it... He's only made it past 70 minutes once in the last five games, which is against Brighton. So I would be leaning towards selling him in terms of options i've spoken about him quite a lot uh this week so jared bowen for example a lot of people looking at Foden. if you want to stay in and around that price richardson as well but yeah i think i probably would i if i put myself into you know the shoes of an fpl manager that owns him and if it was my team i suspect that if it was for a hit like i said i would hold on to him but I think if I had a spare transfer, I'd probably get rid, even though it doesn't feel great. So this is an interesting question. Could we sell one of Salah or Son to get Foden, or would you hold them this week? So I'll come on to the Foden part of that question in a minute, but just on selling one of Salah or Son in game week 20, when you say it out loud, it sounds absolutely crazy, because Salah's got Newcastle at home, Son's got Bournemouth at home. They're both great options this week. And if I only had one free transfer, I definitely wouldn't do it. But if you're in a similar position to me where you've got two free transfers, not much to do with them, and you're probably going to sell Salah and Son in game week 21 anyway when they're unavailable, you could at least think about it. And for a brief moment earlier, that thought did cross my mind. I don't think I'm going to end up doing it because I think those two players are so good this week, I couldn't bear having to sell one of them. But I do get the thinking because 
if you've got nothing to do right with your transfers and you know you're going to sell one of them next week anyway if you could get a player in that's almost as good in game week 20 and some people might think that foden is better but i'm just going to go with almost as good then you shouldn't lose out on too many points this week but from game week 21 you're ahead on transfers so right now for example my moves would probably be darwin to alvarez in 20 and then two free transfers in 21 probably to sell salah and son not a guarantee but that's the rough plan whereas someone could do it slightly differently hold on to darwin or whichever forward they've got do son to foden you know son versus bournemouth at home foden versus sheffield united at home there's probably not too much difference there and obviously we know how many players man city are missing de bruyne doku etc so foden should get good minutes and then next week in 21 you sell salah and then you decide what to do with the other transfer which might be to change someone that's injured to get Haaland back or it could be just to roll it into game week 22 and you're one transfer ahead of someone like me that's going to probably do Darwin to Alvarez so I think it is somewhat viable in perfect circumstances so if you've got like a I don't know Matty Cash in your defense who's no good going forward it's probably better to deal with that this week than to do Salah or Son to Foden but if you've literally got nothing else to do you could at least consider it. I mean, you don't need me to tell you how wrong this could go, right? Salah and Son could absolutely smash it. They're really high-owned. Foden could blank against Sheffield United. Or he could get very similar points, maybe outscore them. And like I said, you're a transfer ahead. So it's all about, one, how much you rate Foden, and two, how much risk you're willing to take. I don't see me making a move like this, but I don't think it's completely out of the question to at least think about it i'm just going to use this as an excuse to also talk about foden because lots of people have mentioned him i've maybe not given him enough airtime. his minutes have been great recently with doku out it certainly helps uh, and de Bruyne as well of course sheffield united at home great fixture as long as he gets minutes and continues to do so he will be a good option you got newcastle away in 21 burning at home in 22 as we know there's a high chance that man city will double around game it's 25 and 26 not both of them, right? But just one double around then. So potentially, you've got Sheffield United, Newcastle, Burnley, Brentford, Everton, and then a double game week. Now, will Foden start every single one of those games? I never like to sit here and guarantee that for a Man City player, but his minutes should be pretty good. But at the same time, if he got dropped after three or four weeks, would that be completely shocking? Not really. Um, I'm not personally looking to get Foden at the moment I'm trying to leave my Man City decisions as long as possible closer to when they actually double because I'm just not willing to be lumbered with a player that loses their plays that I then have to keep for the double and they just don't play and I'm not saying that would definitely happen with Foden but that's why I'm not willing to do it right now so if I leave this decision until next week and I sell Salah and Son I'd probably get like Bowen and Fernandez or Bowen and Richardson something like that but Foden is definitely an option, especially if he keeps his place. Selling one of Salah or Son, good luck to you. So he's using the second wildcard in game week 21, a bad idea. Just a quick reminder, the first wildcard has to be used by the game week 20 deadline. So if you haven't used it yet, make sure you activate it right now. Otherwise, you're just going to lose it. And then the second wildcard becomes available ahead of game week 21. And then you can use it any time before the end of the season. Now, is it a bad idea? I would say probably for most people, there's going to be a more beneficial time to use it later on. And ultimately, the only real difference in terms of what you're managing in game week 21 versus 20 is players going away on international duty. And for most people, you've probably got one to three players maximum to deal with. 
So I've got Son and Salah. You might have Huang as well. Maybe some of you have got Kudus. Perhaps you've got four to five players that are going to suddenly become unavailable. But you could transfer one out this week and then one out next week. That's two of them gone. Maybe you take a hit to get rid of a third. And all of a sudden, your team probably doesn't look that bad. As always, it is going to come down to everyone's individual team. But I would say if a thousand people watching this video sent me their team, I reckon like 990 plus would not need a wild card in game week 21. And I just think it's going to be more useful to you later on. So I've kind of you know, briefly mentioned at times that I might look to use it around game week 31. And there's a few reasons for that, right? One, I don't feel like I'm going to need it before then because I can easily just get rid of those players that are going away and then think about how to get them back in afterwards. And right now we don't know when they're going to be back. So it might be a case that with the blanks and double game weeks that happen around game week 25, 26, that they're not even needed. And I just feel like I can probably manage that with transfers. And I don't think there's going to be enough upside to activate the wild card. But not only have you got possible doubles around 25 and 26 for teams like Liverpool and Man City, you then got more double game weeks later on in game weeks 34 and 37. They will happen because they're all based on teams that get through in the FA Cup, essentially, right? I'm not going to go into all the details right now. We'll save that for another video. Um, but around, let me just get a different player up. But yeah, Salah, for example, um, he might blank in 26, potentially blanks in 29 if they beat Arsenal in the FA Cup and get to the quarterfinal. They may just get knocked out by Arsenal and then it won't matter. But let's just say they blank in 26 and 29. You've also got Man City in 28, which isn't great. So potentially you wouldn't need him back until kind of game weeks 30 or 31. So you could wildcard your Liverpool players back in then. And I think it's a similar situation with Arsenal. So the fixtures right now are pretty good. But in 29, they got Chelsea at home. And again, they may blank that week if one of Chelsea or Arsenal get to the FA Cup quarterfinal. And they've got Man City away in game week 30. So the idea, the rough idea anyway, would be to dead end my team into game week 29, which will be a blank game week for some teams. And dead end obviously just means that you take out all the players that are going to blank and bring in ones that won't. And then because Arsenal are playing Man City in game week 30, it's not really a fixture where you would need a lot of players from. You could just delay the, the wild card till 31, where Arsenal then have Luton at home, Brighton away, Villa at home, Wolves away, Spurs away, Bournemouth at home. You're probably going to want a double or triple up because if they're blanking in 29, they'll be doubling later on as well so as it stands that just seems to me where the wild card is probably going to be the most beneficial it might be that Bournemouth versus Luton is a lot earlier than planned we get Liverpool and Man City double game it's all at the same time and suddenly it's better to activate the wild card a bit earlier but as it stands I think saving it and being able to dead end your team and wild card out of it is probably where it's going to be the most beneficial for most FPL managers either way I think for most people, game week 21 is probably going to be an awful time to use it. So I probably wouldn't plan for that. So let's stick to chip strategy and talk about the bench boost next. Is bench boost a good option at the moment with a deep squad and two free transfers? Or should we wait for a double game week? So I think generally, if there's any game week where you think you can get 16 points or more out of your bench, you should at least consider using the bench boost, right? If you're happy to do it. And if you think that all 15 of your players are very likely to start... And the reason that a lot of people tend to use 16 points as the measure is because in a double game week where a lot of people like to bench boost, if you've got four players sat on your bench that have all got two fixtures, 
and you consider that they're all probably going to get at least two appearance points in each game that's four points per player four players 16 points anything more than that is usually considered a bonus so if you're looking at your bench for game week 20 and thinking i've spread the money around because i've sold harland those four players are going to get 16 points or more you could consider using it this week when i look at my i know i talk about my own team a lot but i think it's always good to give context my bench is the bravka against liverpool way no clean sheet there so he'd have to get a lot of save points gordon against liverpool way which is not awful right but not amazing either saliba against fulham away which i do think is pretty good and taylor against aston villa away definitely no clean sheet there so my three defensive players the bravka saliba and taylor i think only one of them can get a clean sheet so maybe six points there two for taylor is eight two for Debravka, ten can gordon get six or more it's possible but i'm not that confident i do think that all my players will start so it's a possibility but it's not quite there for me and i could get richarlison in and maybe bench boost it so get richarlison in for gordon then bench boost with darwin on there and that would get very close but it's still not quite close enough for me to want to use it this week i mean i could use both free transfers but i'm not sure that's a good strategy so going back to the question if you use one transfer to improve your overall squad that's going to benefit you in future weeks fair enough but if you're using two transfers and you're not going to get many more points after the bench boost i'm not sure that i would do it just on waiting for a double game week and again if you've watched my channel for a while you'll have heard me say this before i think over the last three or four seasons i've never had a bench on bench boost full of double game week players and it's always worked out pretty well but i've always had at least one or two and i do prefer doing that the reason that some people are considering using the bench boost early this year and some people even did it in game week one is because of the setup time or the gap between when you wildcard and when you end up bench boosting so it, as far as i know from listening to and, and kind of reading the fixture guru uh, people that know when the double and blanks are coming if you're going to wildcard in game week 31 which i've spoken about already you're probably not going to bench boost until possibly game week 37 and that's quite a big gap for players to kind of get injured and stuff like that and you don't want to have to spend multiple transfers fixing your bench so that's one possible issue that your bench might actually not be in a good way by the time you bench boost but also game week 37 the league could be over relegation could be done players could start getting rotated and that's great for getting differentials into your team it's not so good for managing a bench boost so it could be that you use it in 34 or 37 but it might be that this year trying to load up on a full bench of double game week players just doesn't actually work out that well and using it earlier could be better so if you think you're in i'm just trying to think this week in game week 20 like who could people have on their benches which might be worth it like if you've got gusto against Luton away and i don't know what if your backup keeper is i mean if you've got martinez he's probably your main keeper um but i guess if Ariola's on your bench brian at home you've got gusto against Luton away you're benching maybe darwin against newcastle and then you've got one other defender like an arsenal defender you're probably pretty close and that frees you up later on not having to worry about the bench boost at all so there are definitely some benefits and i think this season more than others i certainly wouldn't talk people out of doing it you've just got to be sure can you get 15 16 points or more if so i'd be tempted so i'm actually going to leave that one there hopefully you enjoyed the video and found it useful if you did make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and if you listen on podcast please do make sure to rate five stars if you're enjoying all of the content 
This is the final pre-recorded video of 2023. So thank you for all of the support this year. I still can't quite believe that I get to call this a job, but somehow I do. And hopefully that keeps happening uh, in the future. And that only happens if you keep watching the video. So please make sure you do that. And thanks for all the times you've done that in 2023. I will have a deadline stream for game week 20, which will start at 9.30 a.m. UK time on Saturday morning. But after that, the rest of the streams and videos for this season will all be in 2024. So thank you very much for watching this one. Give it a like, hit subscribe. I'll catch you tomorrow for the deadline stream. Otherwise, I'll catch you in 2024. Sports Social Podcast Network.